Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Change Makers LA podcast. It's presented by Lisk LA. The Change Makers LA podcast is a tribute to the people and policies that make work in Los Angeles neighborhoods that much better by making sure they're places, good places to live, work, and play. My name is Tanua Thrash Intuk, and I'm Executive Director of the Local Initiative Support Corporation Los Angeles office. In today's episode, we'll be talking about advancing economic mobility for communities with a specific emphasis on South LA. Today, we've got some special guests with us, and I'd like to invite them to say hello and tell us a little bit about the work that they're doing in community in South LA. First up, we have Ocean Koya Chavone. She's a program coordinator with the Food Base Accelerator at CLA. Ocean Koya is a holistic chef who believes nourishing wholesome food is the key to fostering communities and sustainability. As the program coordinator of CLA's new seasoned accelerator, she's esteemed to be matching local business owners with education and economic resources that have been traditionally unavailable to many. Ocean Koya, Thanks for being here. Tell us a little bit about that work at CLA. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, our new season accelerator has been going on now for about a year. We started the program right when stay-at-home orders were announced, but it's been a great journey of working with these entrepreneurs. Last year, we had about, we started with about 17 food businesses. This year, we have 10. And it's really great to see how the relationship that they form with their advisors and the resources to building generational wealth that they've been able to access. And so the Season Accelerator, you know, connects food industry experts with these entrepreneurs that are bringing their passions to the table. And we're, yeah, really excited to have them. That's great, Ocean Koya. And at this moment, when food access has been so critical during a pandemic and the importance of having access to healthy food, It's exciting to see CLA's efforts and being able to connect those passionate entrepreneurs of color in community with those who've got some of those resources that are needed most to make those successful ventures. We'll talk a little bit more about what you all are doing at CLA. Next up, we have Tamika Taylor. She's a business strategist at the Vermont Slauson Economic Development Corporation. Tamika has been tasked with designing programs that deliver tangible impact to South Los Angeles, and as a business strategist for the Vermont Slauson Economic Development Corporation, she has secured millions of dollars in contract opportunities, as well as grants for her clients, including from corporations, universities, nonprofits, and small businesses themselves. Tamika, tell us a little bit more about your work at the Vermont Slauson EDC. We also see that you're a true master and planner in innovation. Tell us a little bit more about some of the work you all are doing. Well, currently we are full into our legacy business program, which actually officially launched in January. And we are super excited to have 40 legacy businesses from the South LA community. These businesses range from restaurants to actually have a donut shop. We have a yoga studio. There is a plethora of South LA businesses that we are helping to survive and thrive right now. You know, we had COVID hit us. We had to go from Prices to resiliency. And what we're looking to do is basically keep our shops on the block, keep these shops open. And we're looking to create generational wealth. We're looking at succession strategies. We're looking at the owner occupied models, where if you're owning, looking at the value of the land, 
So we're really trying to bring a new innovative model to South LA and how we do business, how we think about wealth, and how we strategize in keeping our businesses reflective of our community, which are primarily Black and Brown. Wonderful, Tamika. That is great. And I'm so excited to hear the tagline that LISC partnered with you all on that we started our Keep Our Shops on the Block, making sure that they had the grant dollars and the technical know-how. You've shared the term legacy businesses. These are the businesses that have been in community, have been able to be successful over the years, and we want to make sure we don't lose them during this very uncertain time. So we're very glad that you and Vermont Slauson are there to make sure that that doesn't happen. And in addition to our two guests, we also have and are pleased to present Benjamin Torres, president and CEO of CD Tech. CD Tech is a well-known nonprofit organization that has focused on addressing issues of racial equity and economic justice in low-income communities of Los Angeles. For more than 23 years, Benjamin's leadership has supported the South LA region including ensuring that Black and Brown residents increase their political capital and economic opportunity. Benjamin, thanks for joining us. Some of us call you Benny as well. Tell us what is happening right now over at CD Tech and how are you all ensuring that there is access to economic opportunity in South LA? Thank you, Tanoa. First of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you folks. So first of all, it's important to understand that we all stand on shoulders of giants. So CD Tech was actually started and founded by Dr. Denise Fairchild about 25 years ago. And she actually was the person who tutored and mentored me to take her place when she left to do bigger and better national level things. CD Tech, you know, what we believe in is that we need to invest in the leadership and economic capacity of residents in South LA, Black, Brown, and immigrant folks to affect change, create economic opportunities for the existing South LA residents. That could also allow them to affect policy change, resource distribution, and to bring the kind of resources that are needed to affect the economic conditions of communities, while at the same time investing in that leadership capacity so that these individuals also understand that these are career pathways that they could pursue, so they can also improve their quality of life while transforming our neighborhoods to a vision that is about creating a healthy and, and a vibrant South LA for Black and Brown and immigrant folks in the future. And so that's what we believe in. That's what we make our investment in. And we believe that the nonprofit sector is one of the critical opportunities for that to happen. But we also work with government and the public sector as well. We believe that some of the, that many of the skills that you learn through the nonprofit sector are applicable in, in private and in government to really engage residents in that process of ownership and transformation of neighborhoods. So looking at yourself from the economic capacity that we have and the value but at the same time, creating leadership so that the kind of jobs and economic opportunities that we're bringing into South Central Los Angeles reflect the vision of what residents would like to see. That is about creating a new economy, a vibrant economy, and connecting with the past for those legacy-based organizations and businesses. But at the same time, trying to make sure how do we redefine the economics of South LA to move people in pathways out of poverty. I mean, this is a fantastic conversation to be able to hear, Benjamin, about the work that you're doing at CD Tech and thinking about the residents themselves and connecting them with real career pathways and opportunities to be able to access a better economic experience for them and their families. So let's pivot this conversation a bit and and start to move towards some of our questions. So in 2020, LISC, certainly in partnership with organizations like all of you here, created the South LA Economic Inclusion Implementation Plan. This was a three-year implementation plan 
that supported an integrated approach, much like you all have talked about here, focusing on small business, focusing on health, and focusing on people to ensure that there was economic mobility for residents of South LA. The plan recommends that we connect South LA residents and businesses across three distinct districts in South LA. We looked at the Crenshaw Corridor, Exposition Park, and the Goodyear Tract, and wanting to make sure we connect that to a regional economy, as well as foster connections with grassroots organizations like yourselves and local leaders to be able to create those ladders of economic opportunity. And finally, the recommendations outline that we seek to really build upon South LA's strengths, leaders like you, organizations like you, and we would have to do that in order to combat the root of institutional oppression, connect with local organizations, and bring more opportunity. So let's move into our conversation. Let's talk about what you all are doing in a little more detail to advance economic mobility. Tamika, one of the goals that we have for the South LA Economic Inclusion Plan is to provide resources during this COVID-19 recovery. What are some of the ways that Vermont Slauson has pivoted during the pandemic in its support of small businesses? Yes, we absolutely had to pivot. In the beginning of 2020, everyone was excited. You know, we were having businesses planning to scale. We had a list of startups. We were launching a new cohort of women that we were going to take to the next level and everything stopped. So what we had to do was basically spend on a, on a dollar and go from growth to crisis mode. So what we wanted to do was immediately stabilize our businesses, access resources. We love the fact that LISP was able to extend that helping hand through those grants, through a local opportunities, specifically targeting the South LA community, because a lot of our community, they felt like they were edged out of a lot of the legislation and a lot of the resources that came to help business. First, it went to corporations, big business. Then it went to like the larger level small businesses, which are hundreds of millions of dollars in corporate opportunities labeled small businesses. But the mom and pop, the micro entrepreneurs, the solo entrepreneurs, they were essentially left out of that process. What we did was we connected them with grants. We provided very specific technical assistance that was language relatable. We also had to be very innovative, like using WhatsApp. That's an app that we had to touch on to reach those monolingual communities from the Central American region, because a lot of times they were left out of the opportunities and they could actually absolutely apply for the grants and get them. But there was a barrier. There was a language barrier. There was an access barrier. And we were also able to connect with some corporate opportunities and then have some corporations like Netflix, Southern California Gas also provide financial resources. And what we were trying to do is let our businesses know not only did they need a cash influx, but they also needed strategies. So we were able to introduce different strategies to make sure that they could sustain introducing e-commerce, looking at their point of sales, looking at their books, looking at their infrastructure. Because a lot of our businesses, they operate on a cash basis and they get a lot of money in on a daily basis, but they're not accounting for the cash. They're not paying themselves, you know? So essentially when it comes to going through the traditional opportunities of getting financial resources in crisis, we were edged out. So we went from growth to crisis. And I would say right now, we're trying to pivot into resiliency. And I think we've learned a lot of great lessons. We took this opportunity to make sure that we were able to talk about what true equity looks like. It actually, I would say, we gave a magnifying glass of what it looks like in South LA. You know, it, it really sure. magnifies the actual challenges that we face on an everyday basis and it magnified them times 10. Wow. 
I love the, you know, you started out with the growth and then you had to pivot around crisis. And now that we are really in 2021, looking at resiliency and all the things that you described, I've watched Vermont Slauson up close and personal and under your direction of your president and CEO, Joe Ruzan. I mean, you all have been such an important source of hope and resource for the South LA community. And I loved hearing using WhatsApp to connect with those communities that may not be connected any other way and to make sure that you were able to provide information in language so people could reach it. Great. So Benjamin, let's talk about one of the biggest focuses of years two and three of that South LA Economic Inclusion Plan. And that's really to elevate career pathways into emerging industries. And you've already started talking about how CD Tech is working to ensure that the workforce is trained for key opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about connecting young people to the health sector during the pandemic? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Tanoa. So our collaboration with LISC and their robust approach to South LA economic inclusion was really keyed around looking at corridors, looking at building capacity, and also investing in businesses and trying to figure out how do we get more capitalism. So these are all very important from a comprehensive perspective. What we found specifically around capacity building that was super important was the need to really identify what are the ways that we remove barriers to employment opportunities and pathways by really investing in getting people ready for the nonprofit sector. So as we had to pivot as well, we focus a lot on economic development opportunities within the nonprofit sector. But as a result of COVID and the disparities that it demonstrated, not only economically, but also in terms of health access, health preparation, and the social safety net that was really destroyed by COVID. And when you also add the layer, of course, of the Black Lives Matter movement and the need to address systemic racism and inequality, right? And, and, and that happening for many years in South LA. And then you add the election opportunities in terms of opportunity for maybe new legislation, a new way of looking at reform in the nonprofit sector. We just thought it was a great opportunity to look at the health sector because the health sector, and I'm talking public health in a broad sense, right? The relationship between economics, housing, employment, environment, and land use issues is something that our community has never been able to really understand the intersectionalities of that kind of career pathway. And so when people think of the health sector, we think of hospitals. But when we think about it from our perspective, it's about connecting people and creating a healthy environment in our neighborhoods so that folks, people have access, whether it's to look at nonprofits that do housing work, nonprofits that do specific health outreach and health engagement pieces, right? Or looking at organizations that focus on improving the economic conditions. We wanted to make sure that our folks understood the holistic understanding of public health, but also knowing that there are community-based clinics and health-serving organizations that are looking to hire individuals who know how to get to the residents, especially right now in these next two to three years, right? Where the idea of that, how do we strengthen the social safety net? How do we connect people to really understand what their health needs are? And so we felt it was important to take our existing community planning and economic development program at LA Trade Tech College and really emphasize a kind of cohort that looks at health access, quality of health in communities, and really train people up to that so that they can be able to pivot from looking at economic opportunities to looking at the health sector and public health as an economic opportunity piece. So we've been able to get young people to they themselves. We have a internship program, a six-month internship program that does outreach and engagement of residents. So what we did is had them take the class, take the actual course, and actually outreach to the community about this course so that we can identify that as a career pathway for them to pursue. 
And so we've been very successful at that. We're very excited that our young folks, and I'm talking about the outreach team is 18 to 21 year olds. So this is the after high school, I don't really know what to do yet kind of folks, right? Who are still kind of grappling with the post high school experience. We wanted them to be at the forefront of this because we're trying to look at that 18 to 25 year bracket. And the reason why is that COVID has also shown us that the biggest impact economically was on that 18 to 25, like they lost their jobs and the recovery for them is very unclear because these are not professional folks who are already in an industry, right? Uh, These are not high wage folks. These are people who are kind of trying to get their footing and figure out how they maintain some level of sustainability in their families. And so that's why we thought it would be an important part of the South LA Inclusion Program to really continue to focus on capacity building, but just pivoting a little bit more to the larger context of health and the whole cross-sector perspective of health, because we know that's that's what the investments are going to be for the next two to three years. And, you know, when we're doing economic development, we're always trying to figure out how do we train to what careers, you know, we don't focus on jobs. We look at careers. We think that people need to have a pathway to move out of poverty, and that's not with short-term jobs. It's about careers, and, it's, and that requires our community building their capacity. Yep. At the same time, connected to industries that are growing or that are really committed to transforming our South LA community. So that's that's the program that we run, and that's the relationship we've had with LISC and this need to pivot during this, not only the pandemic, but like as I said earlier, the needs for systemic change to challenge anti-Black racism that exists systemically in our communities in South LA, and also to adjust to the new elected officials coming on board with maybe a more open-minded idea of how do we really begin to address this income inequality that's existed historically in South Los Angeles for Black and brown folks. Thanks for providing all of that background and context. And I got excited even listening to the program again and hearing, you know, the experiences Mm -hmm. of some of the young people I mean, South LA skews to having a younger population. So that's one thing. Two, you think about the fact that, well, you know, not only did they potentially miss the things that we all think about prom and some of the fun things, but we also want to be able to give young people and a way to contribute and to provide them with an understanding as to what that pathway looks like. And I love how we are, you are thinking about the healthcare sector or the public health sector as not just the hospitals. And I think the pandemic, as one of our other panelists said, Tamika or or Oshinkoya, has shined sort of a magnifying glass, giving us a sense of the fact that health starts long before you get to the hospital. So that's great. So let's get Oshinkoya in this conversation. So we've talked about our small businesses. We now have young people on pathways towards health careers in community. Oshinkoya, your work is really focused around the food industry. And the food industry has been so critical in communities. And we know that CLA has been helping food entrepreneurs cope during all of this time and the changes. Tell us a little bit more about what that has meant in terms of how you've been helping food entrepreneurs during the crisis. Yeah, I would say there's definitely been several angles that CLA has gone about, like helping food entrepreneurs or workers in the food industry. Shortly after a lot of the stay-at-home orders and new regulations, we pivoted towards doing a lot of distributions. And so helping workers in the hospitality or industry sector who had been laid off connect with getting direct aid and food distributions from farmers. And so able to provide a lot of income for farmers who 
were looking at laying off a lot of their workforce. And so, yeah, just really saving a lot of those farms. And it was really great to see the farmers in our network being able to not only keep on their workers, but maintain a lot more income than they, they'd even had years before because of the people that showed up for that work once those distributions started. And so seeing our partners and our stakeholders network support those distributions and donate early on was very, very amazing for us. And being able to continue those distributions throughout the summer and later in the year was something that we'd never seen before. And being able to keep those going has been just tremendous and able to shift those to not just workers in the industry, but like tapping into our houses community and how they've been affected through COVID and through CARES Act and a lot of other grants and a lot of other support that we've seen that's been, yeah, just really, really taken well within the organization, also like volunteers, et cetera. Well, Ocean Koya, I don't think people really realize the impact of the pandemic on small farms and some of their employees and what that has meant and how that has even disrupted the food supply chain in communities. So it's great that we've got CLA working to ensure that there's a chance to be able to you know, make the connection. So I'm going to wrap up in just a moment here. Tamika, South LA has always been plagued with unemployment. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Legacy Business Program and how businesses can get connected? You've shared with us a bit about the program itself, but if you're a business in South LA, how do you get connected to the Legacy Business Program? To access the resources for the Legacy Business Program, you can visit our website, which is V-S-E-D-C, Vermont Slauson, so V-S-E, Elite Economic Development, D corporation.org. And you can actually sign up for the program. We have a button which says apply here. And we have some preset boxes where you can check the legacy program and you'll be routed to a coordinator. I would like to mention the success of the program. Right now, we are on a waiting list, but we do anticipate that as businesses can't commit to the whole process because it is a 10-month program that, you know, we'll be bringing on some more businesses. Absolutely. And we're looking to be a bit legacy business. Ideally, we would like a business that's been in the community 10 or more years. But for those very strong businesses that are just starting out that we know is making change in the community, we have extended it to about three years. If you have a very strong business model, you know, you survived COVID, you're making money and you're poised to scale, you know, we're accepting those type of businesses as well. That's great. On one hand, it's great to hear that you have a wait list because that means that there are many more businesses out there than people often probably would think of in terms of South LA. And the other is that let's hope some funders are listening to this and know that you need some more resources so that you can help all of those businesses that are on that list. So Benjamin, over at CD Tech, you know, you've been leading the effort around the Slate Z 100 apprenticeship program. It seems to me that what I'm hearing from you is that there's a call out to young leaders and young people in community. How do young people get connected with your program as they're potentially looking at what options might be out there for them to get on a career path? People can always reach out to our organization, www.cdtech.org, in terms of general information. But the I really appreciate you bringing up the Slazy 100 Apprenticeship Program. So as you all know, and we all heard, there was a demand from people in the community that money resources must be kind of 
taken from places where there's been some challenges. In this case, the, the kind of reimagined public safety dollars that were removed from LAPD to reinvest them in black and brown communities. And so what we've been doing the Slazy is the promise zone designation that we have in South Los Angeles from the Obama administration. And what we try and do there is move the economic needle. So the two things that that program is going to produce an opportunity for is to, one, get 100 participants to be placed, apprenticed, to be placed in 10-month paid apprenticeships through AmeriCorps funds that allow them to get on this job work experience in small nonprofits in the South LA area that cover the council districts 8, 9, and 10. And fortunately, our council members, all three of them, have been very supportive of this idea and have invested some of the reimagined dollars into this pot to produce this apprenticeship program that's going to allow for us to not just not only get folks in career pathways into nonprofits, but also help support smaller nonprofits that would not have the ability to financially support the stipend. So that will be covered by the reimagined dollars. And then Wonderful. the AmeriCorps funds will provide the support, the leadership, the coaching, the mentoring, and these participants will all be taking nine units at LA Trade Tech College. So they'll produce their get them on a path in terms of academic preparation, and they also get financial support for college, $7,000 worth of money for them to advance their education, pay back loans, which is critical for many of our young folks in, in our community right now, or to prepare for college through technical assistance and other types of services. So it's a, a way of building people's capacity, but also supporting these nonprofits that have been doing the deep work in our neighborhoods for many years, but do not have the financial support, at least not now, to do this in sustainable manner. So we want to build their capacity to do so and connect them to all the county and city reform efforts to get more small nonprofits into these public sector dollars to really help transform our neighborhood. I mean, this is so great to hear. Benjamin, you know, I was born and raised in South Central right. and I happen to have been an AmeriCorps member and have, you know, committed my career to, to community as well as the nonprofit sector. So I look forward to us and you and the team being able to raise up a, another Tanua, another Benjamin, so that we can continue this work going forward. So Ocean Koya, we want to make sure that people know and understand. You shared a bit about the CLA Accelerator Program. Let's get some more food entrepreneurs out there. Let's help them be able to successfully run those operations. Can you tell us how people can get connected? to the CLA Seasoned Accelerator Program? Yeah, well, currently, our current cohort is about halfway into the program and it goes into September. But next year, we're looking to expand the cohort and including vendors outside of our markets. This year, we have about three, three vendors from South LA and seven vendors from within our network of markets and outside. But yeah, we're really looking at how we can incorporate different tiers of the program to be accessible to entrepreneurs at different levels. And so, yeah, definitely encourage people to get connected. And if you have any resources or ways that you've excelled as an entrepreneur and would like to share that, there's opportunities to come speak to the cohort. But as an entrepreneur, definitely staying involved and tune in about next year's cohort. Wonderful. So I want to thank you, Tamika, Benjamin, and Ocean Koya for joining me in this conversation. It is a reminder that while there are disparities and there are matters that we have to address, we have leaders and we have organizations that are poised to do the work and do it well. And the people that you impact, I know, are pleased that you are on the path. Thank you for joining us today. 
Thank you, Tanua. Thank, thank you, everybody else, for participating and, and continued help effort. This episode of Changemakers LA was made possible by our partners, Wells Fargo Foundation and Kaiser Permanente. LISC LA works to foster economic inclusion by leading and participating in efforts to advance a place-based economic development agenda that's rooted in equity and inclusion. We know that when local economies are diverse and entrepreneurs of color are given equal opportunities, communities thrive. If you'd love to learn more, please visit us online at www.lisc.org forward slash Los Angeles and follow us on Twitter at LISC, L-I-S-C underscore L-A. You can find the rest of this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow to hear more conversations about the people and places that shape Los Angeles.